Welcome to Biohackers Lab, a place where we talk to smart people who are figuring out how to improve health in interesting ways. Join us to discover how you can biohack your life, your body, starting today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Biohackers Lab. I'm your host, Gary Kerwin, and on today's episode, I have Dr. Dave Rabin and Catherine Fantozzi. Dave and Catherine are co-founders of Apollo Neuroscience Inc. and inventors of the Apollo technology. Dave is a board-certified psychiatrist, neuroscientist, and CIO of Apollo Neuroscience. Catherine is an experienced entrepreneur in early commercialization, helping to bring technology out of the lab and to the market, and is also the CEO of Apollo Neuroscience. Hi, guys. Thanks for coming on for an episode. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. We're excited to be here. Yeah, so I got to first meet you not too long ago at uh, the Health Optimization Summit in London, and that was a nice coincidence to bump into you at that table and just get a chance to try out the the gadget that you both have co-founded and invented there. And uh, that's what this interview is going to be about today is the exciting technology that uh, is coming to the market that users can start using pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. To share with the world. Yeah. So just to start with, my first question is... um, People watching the video, you've got one of your gadgets with you, so you're going to be—they're going to be able to see what we're talking about. But that's yeah, it. Yeah, 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 it's on your wrist there. So it kind of looks like a, a watch in a way. Um, but what is the Apollo, and how would you explain it to someone who has no idea what this fancy thing is that you're wearing on your on your wrist there? So Apollo is a wearable technology that uses vibration to balance the nervous system, and so. Essentially, what happens when we're chronically stressed out uh, in our modern lives, we're not really designed for the way that we currently live (laughs) and work and work. The human body is designed to deal with rare acute stress, uh, but the never ending email and pings and uh, the light pollution and just modernity in general uh, creates chronic stress on the body. And when that happens, you essentially go into fight or flight mode more of the time than not. Uh, And when you're in that state, it makes it hard to sleep and it makes it hard to focus. uh, And it impairs your ability to emotionally connect with people because your body is actually perceiving all of these emails and pings and your nonstop life as actual threat. And so the way that Apollo works is it helps to bring your body back into balance really rapidly through your sense of touch. And so Dave can talk, talk about it, but there's a wealth of literature around uh, touch and how it changes the balance of our nervous system. And so how Apollo works is it sends these gentle vibrations to the body that actually boost up your heart rate variability and they boost up your, um, they help down-regulate your stress response so that you can focus more easily and and get better sleep. Yeah. And that's why I thought it was so cool. So, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, not only does the device look nice, but then you, I got to try it out myself. And it's so true, just that gentle vibration there. Um, and just to think, that it, will that vibration, that wave-like vibration just calm me down and put me back into a more chilled state versus always being in the on switch and just stuck there all the time, which is what you were talking about with the lifestyles that, and that we're exposed to nowadays. So, Dave, can you just explain to listeners then the, what Catherine just mentioned there about how touches. Um, through this device is actually going to help chill us out. Sure. So, you know, ultimately what's, what's happening is our body is, uh, has this increased fight or flight response all the time to the point where we have almost forgotten that we're in that state. And we've forgotten a lot of times that we have the ability to naturally reverse that state back to a more balanced state. So with techniques like deep breathing, meditation, mindfulness, regular yoga or biofeedback or even just positive thinking techniques practiced over time, you can teach yourself to rebalance your nervous system. Um, But some of the most potent and most effective ways to rebalance the nervous system quickly without requiring any effort on our part is the touch receptor system, uh, the human touch, and soothing music. And human touch in particular is extremely important because that's the way that we evolutionarily formed close bonds between each other and that we convey this, there's a safe environment to bond because we can sit there, we can hold hands, we can make eye-to-eye contact, acknowledge each other's presence uh, in the moment. And that automatically, all those cues are ev- evolutionarily conserved for millions of years to convey safety immediately to our brains. Um, and so 
what happens is it's just like somebody holding your hand or giving you a hug on a bad day. If you like that person, you're going to feel better immediately. Um, so, uh, so, so the response to the body is something that's very, very old. And what we, what I did during my research is I mapped out the pathway from the touch receptor system in the skin to the brain. And what I found is that, um, just from doing an enormous review of the literature and what we found is that the touch receptor system actually seems to convey emotional content, how positive, safe, or negative, threatening an experience is to the emotional brain before it even gets to the part of your brain that understands what that touch is, whether it's uh, sharp or vibration or uh, painful or whatever. Um, fear and safety are the first things that are determined by the brain and through touch. And that allows us to either engage in an experience or withdraw from the experience. And so Apollo taps into that pathway, similar to what you and Catherine were saying, by providing these gentle vibrations to the skin, which activate this very, very old touch receptor system that sends these positive signals to your brain that basically says you're safe and you have the opportunity to take control of your decisions in a moment from a standpoint of safety and strength rather than from a standpoint of fear. And I think there's one other thing to add here, which is there are m many ways to restore balance to your body, right? If you're in a, a consistently stressful, like a consistently stressful life, which is most of us, right? Uh, where you've got a lot of demands on you and you're constantly running around and you're, you know, interacting with other people and a lot of digital stuff all the time. Um, what happens is that your body thinks it's under threat, and there are other ways to restore yourself, right? Like you can meditate, you can do practice deep breathing, yoga, uh, you know, there's all sorts of opportunities to help restore yourself. But the challenges that, and this is in the literature, it's common sense, but it's also in the literature. If you're already stressed out, it's even harder to do the things that restore you right. because you don't feel good, right? So like if you are, your body's tense, you don't necessarily want to work out. Right. If your mind is racing, it's really hard to go to bed. You're more likely to sit there and binge on Netflix than it is to just go to sleep. Right. And so it becomes it's becomes like a negative cycle that when you're already stressed out, it becomes harder and harder to do the things to restore you. And so Apollo was developed in order to rapidly restore the body, because by rapidly working with our natural touch receptor system, we can bring that body back into balance more quickly. People have that opportunity to feel more balanced and then they have more decision control, right? We've shown in clinical trials that people have more uh, ability to focus because if you think about it, when you're stressed out, it's hard to focus and attend, right? Because you're managing how annoyed or bored you are, right? We find that people fall asleep more quickly if you're stressed out and you have these racing thoughts or what did I not do or what can't do I have to do? Off. You can't turn your brain off it becomes harder to sleep. We find that people fall asleep more quickly because they feel better. And we also find that people over time, their HRV improves, right? And so that's acute, right? Uh, or right there in the moment, if you're stressed out and then something soothing happens, you're going to restore yourself and we can measure that in that one moment. But more importantly, over time, heart rate variability is this key metric of how re recovered your body is. And as we see with our users over time, their HRV continues to go up. Um, because they're getting better sleep and they're more relaxed and they're better able to manage their response to stress from the outside. And it's really about building resilience and really empowering people to take more control over their health. Yeah. And I mean, exactly what you're saying there, stress ends up being a multitude of issues. It's not just one particular problem like focus. It, it impacts so many aspects to your life there. And that's why when you get to deal with stress, it can have a profound difference on your life because your sleep improves, your mood improves, your be better decisions, you can start exercising, change the way they eat, do whatever it happens to be. Um, and the unique thing that I'm getting from this and which I, I experienced myself when I got to meet you both in person was that exactly what you said, where when you're already in a stressed state, it's hard to maybe chill out or get yourself to be in a better place. So, um, and that's why people, I can think of meditation, you know, where you, you all, you know, you need to meditate to chill out or relax a bit more, but you, you get frustrated with yourself because your, your head's still racing and you can't turn off the monkey in your brain yeah. and you, and it's still going. Then you're like, come on, just calm down, keep quiet. I, I you know, I've got to get, I've got to be good at this. 
and that's why I think your your Apollo is unique because you basically it's it's like circumventing that in, that inability that someone might have in that moment there to help supercharge them back to that stage so that it's like a threshold like a nervous system that's going and then you're able to then go back into that place and have that energy and that resilience again and it's not always just firing 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 that you actually have that ability to calm the system down with through the vibration and the touch is what i'm hearing right and you've totally nailed that yeah so when you are trying to meditate right a lot of us are trying to meditate we have these negative thoughts or self-critical or self-critical thoughts or just something that is going on in your life comes up and then you resist that thought and then you have negative self-talk that you're bad at meditating right you're like oh now i'm terrible at this i can't calm my brain down and i don't even have control over my own thoughts and then you know then you spiral out and you stop meditating right that happens to a lot of people um and part of what's going on is bottom up right? So rather than your thoughts controlling your body, your body being in a stress state makes it harder to meditate because your body is in a sympathetic kind of fight or flight mode. It's primed for stress. It's primed for stress. So when you can relax yourself, right? And that can be through deep breathing, that can be through lots of different techniques. When your body relaxes, it makes it much easier to enter a meditative state because you have less resistance, Right. right? You're more in something what people would call flow, Right. Because your mind and your body are connected and you're kind of not you're aligned. A, you're aligned and you're not really in this combative situation with your what you're trying to get your body and your mind to do. And so Apollo really helps to facilitate that because it rapidly brings your body into a calm state. And I think the other thing, uh, the other simple way to think about it is that fear and threat in and of itself from an evolutionary perspective directly inhibits change and adaptability. Right, like fear is critical, and our and our uh, threat response is critical to activate the sympathetic system, this fight or flight system, to get us out of a situation where a lion is trying to eat us or something like that. It's an acute stressor, and so you don't need to be creative or worry about adapting to change. You need to worry about sending all of your blood and all of your energy to your muscles and your motor cortex to get you out of that situation, so that you can then worry about the rest of your life stuff later. Um, but if you don't have a life later, there's nothing to worry about. So the sympathetic system really inhibits all of that other stuff when it's overactive um, and safety facilitates it. Safety literally facilitates change and adaptability and resilience. And so if you suppress in a, in a healthy way, you, suppre- you learn to suppress or balance your sympathetic nervous system with your parasympathetic system, then your ability to adapt to change without resistance, as Catherine was saying, goes through the roof and you, you start just sort of going with the flow of the experiences around you rather than always thinking, you know, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to do that? When is this going to be over? You just are in the moment doing it. Yeah. And, and this is also what I'm thinking where usually when you, you're asked to stay still as an example, because your mind is racing, as you said earlier, Catherine, you, you, you end up binging on Netflix or something else. You want to get a dopamine response, like have a cup of coffee, do something else other than just stay still and meditate or, um, try to relax your body, it, you, you end up searching for another hit of some sort to boost you. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that what you're saying, Dave, then to going into that um, safety and fear factor part of the, the brain? Yeah, absolutely. When you're in a, we're in that, that threat and response, you will seek the most immediate relief you can get, whether that's junk food, whether that's um, cigarettes, Dist- distraction. coffee, distraction, um, drugs, anything, anything that gives you that immediate relief from that feeling of, fight or flight, sympathetic activity, anxiety, restlessness, whatever you want to call it, um, that's what you're going to seek if it's available to you. But if you recognize, for example, with Apollo, that you're actually not threatened, that this sense of threat is just a perceived sense of threat that you've been trained to experience over time, then what happens is your Apollo turns on when you're feeling threatened or you turn it on and it gives you an opportunity, helps you recognize a, a, a time or a situation that you can respond to differently. So you can say, wait, maybe I'm not, and this is the the theory that the psychological theory was developed from is called cognitive behavioral therapy with exposure, which is the idea that you're you're normally, when you're in your day-to-day life, you're surrounded by triggers that set you off, right? We're surrounded by things in our day-to-day lives that set us off in one direction or another, and we don't necessarily have control over those things, but we have control of our own actions. When we're in our clinical setting with our therapist, everything's all fine and dandy and safe because we're out of our regular. And so it's easier to make change in the clinic than it is in the real world. And so what Apollo, part of the way we developed Apollo was because 
PTSD is treated very well by exposure, CBT exposure, but it requires a therapist to be there all the time to help reinforce safety for the patient. Apollo does the same thing, but it does it through the touch receptor system, which allows the patient to recognize these new opportunities for change as if they had a therapist there with them holding their hand, but it, but they do it on their own, which is even more empowering and more agency inspiring and, and you know, helping facilitate their own desire to master themselves rather than having to rely on something outside of themselves. Yeah, and again, that's just, when you're just explaining that to say, typically someone would need a therapist when they're out in a stimulating position to help them deal with it and calm down. And of course, that's not practical. But in this case, wearing a device is practical and is achievable. Um, I think we talked about like a business meeting as one scenario where you know you're going to get um, maybe anxious or your heart's going to race or you're going to get stressed out. And of course, it's not like you can have your therapist next to you and say, look, can you just calm me down for my boss before I give my presentation? Well, and also you're not going to be able to just do deep breathing exercises in the middle of your presentation. You'd be like, hold on, guys. Got to do some meditation yeah. right now. That's not going to work out. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, the Apollo can be used as a – and that was the reason we developed it. Was it to be a real world tool to actually help people adapt and be more resilient and have more control um, over how they think and how they feel? Because stress is kind of a monster uh, and it's everywhere. And, you know, the human body has adapted really well, but we have had our, I mean, the last hundred years of change is not something that the human body has adapted to that quickly. We just haven't caught up. <laughs> we haven't caught up to what's happening. And that's why you're starting to see burnout, what people are calling colloquially burnout, which is, you know, like you're apathetic, you don't want to engage with work, you don't feel well. And then all sorts of other, you know, chronic health conditions, which are popping up, which are all worsened by stress and in some ways precipitated by it. Mm -hmm. If you have high levels of stress in your life, you have a higher likelihood of depression, anxiety, uh, other anxiety-related conditions, and even pain. And so helping to regulate stress is, you know, this isn't just mind over matter. Like we have to figure out ways to help bring ourselves, restore ourselves and treat ourselves nicely. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't do that, we'll fall apart. You know, you're, you have to maintain the temple, so to speak. Um, and Apollo is a way that people can do that in their day-to-day -day lives. Yeah, and that's again why I, you know, I was excited about the technology that you're bringing to the market here because it, I always have my mindset of when something is available to change your health, is it sustainable and is it achievable across multiple ages? So, you know, if you're in your 20s versus if you're in your 80s, and this your technology is achievable for that full range of of people, and exactly, yeah, if the healthier your nervous system, that ability to Get excited when you need to get excited, but relax when you uh, when you need to relax too, and have that flexibility is important. And yeah, I would agree that modern society is kind of getting us stuck in one state most of the time, and we we've lost the switch state that we can move in and out easily between two different states. There, um, that's so, our great strength as humans, really, is adaptability, right? Mm -hmm. That's why we're at the top of the food chain. We just kind of forgot <laughs> how to do that as well as we used to because technology has automated so many things for us. That in a lot of ways we we forgot that this is something we need to well just, and now, you know, practice and now in a lot of ways and that's something else that we're very cognizant of is that you know in a lot of ways technology is kind of controlling us uh, and we're responding to it instead of using it as a tool to make our lives easier it's starting to create negative consequences and so we built Apollo in such a way that it's a tool based on very cutting edge science, but also based on really inherent things that just naturally happen within the body to try to use technology to help us be more human, if that right. makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and that's, I guess, the the yin and the yang here is actually what you, um, we were joking about before we started, like Slack notifications or Facebook Messenger notifications, that sound, that ping, you know, it hits your brain. And if that, imagine if you have multiple apps just pinging you all day long, like what that's doing to your head. And if you can, and once it flicks you into that state, can you easily come back out of it? And I don't think most people can easily just chill after being stimulated by these apps all the time. Yeah, right. it's really tough. And it's also during being hit by all those things because most of us are not going to be able to change, you know, I, I, you know, we run a startup, I'm on Slack and Basecamp and, you know, every, every other talking tool, you know, between all the different team members. 
And, you know, you have to be able to have presence of mind and be, you know, in a, in a calm and focused state most of the day. And what Apollo helps me do is it helps to accelerate that recovery, but it also helps to me transition into a focused state so that the nonstop pings don't send me into a sympathetic state of like or fight or flight frame of mind because you don't make good decisions in that frame of mind. If you think about all the old TV shows from the fifties and the little kid was afraid to talk to their parent after they got home from work because he was stressed out, right? You had to let him calm down before you talked to him because (laughs) in those, yes. Um, But the idea there is that you're not really open to change or new ideas and you're more resistant, right? Because you're in a fight or flight mode, which is really uh, a very much default mode network uh, control response. You're like, ah, this is my paradigm. I can't deal with that right now. I already have too many things. I can't deal with that right now. And that's bad in your emotional, you know, your, your normal, uh, you know, familial and friendship relationships. It's also bad at work. Um, and so Apollo has been a really great tool for, uh, people to help manage their stress symptoms, you know, after work, but we've also seen a lot of people using it at work. Mm. I'm just thinking practical. We talked a lot about workers here in modern lifestyles, but I could even imagine as you were talking about, um, familial stresses. So uh, moms and dads who have to do the school run and other different Mm. situations that would just normally flick your switch and get you stuck in this state you could actually (laughs) i can imagine a parent whilst they're driving with the kids screaming in the back after they picked them up from school or something that they're wearing their apollo and they're just okay i can deal with this i can handle this yeah Yeah. and we've also had uh had people use it with their children um to help them with focus and to help them you know unwind uh so as you were talking about we've had testers from really small kids, like 10 years old. Age three, three uh, to 93. Yeah, all the way up into really elderly folks use Apollo. And they all, what's neat about it is, you know, stress affects us all in different ways and we all have different stressors, right? So, you know, parents with their children in the morning or older people, uh, you know, have, you know, are may feel tired, want to get a boost. And uh, we've seen a range of uses. And the cool thing about the technology is it's really inherently human how we respond. And so it isn't for a specific, you can use it throughout the duration of your life. Mm. And again, that's exactly what I said. That's why I get excited about the tech too. So I think we've talked it up quite a bit here and people <laughs> are going to go, okay, so this sounds really cool, but you know, I had that, is there something to back this up? And you already talked about it. Uh, we'll get into the breathing because that's something you educated me about in the brave waves. Uh, could you just talk a bit about the science or the research that you found behind this then to validate this sure so uh originally when we developed this you know it was predominantly based on what i was telling you earlier about my work with i I, i'm as a psychiatrist i mostly work with people who have treatment resistant ptsd anxiety depression and substance use disorders and safety for them was the most critical factor in their recovery and so i started figuring out other ways that they could help them that i could help them feel safe in the clinic in the office uh, and then also when they went home, because again, I was re- I got really good at helping them feel safe in the office, but when they went home was the real issue. Uh, and then they would start to revert into their old patterns. And so um, I started looking at other techniques that they were using. Most of my patients were actually using music and they would, they would at home, they would have music with them as often as they could because they felt that by listening to soothing, calming music, it helped them regulate their mood and their energy better. And I started to go back to my days of, as a musician in uh, training, and I was never very good, but I always really appreciated music. And um, our whole founding research team were actually musicians and mental health and neuroscience people. And we were always fascinated with the way that music changed the body very quickly without requiring much um, much effort and part of it. It was just kind of like an immediate thing. You go to a live show and everyone's kind of tuned in as soon as that music starts playing. And what was really interesting about that was that of all the frequencies in music, which could sometimes be 10, 20, 30 or more instruments, it really turns out to be just a few in the bass range that form the rhythm that really make the biggest difference at shifting uh, energy and mood. And so we started to examine those different patterns and look at what are the commonalities between the way that people's bodies uh, start to change when they enter these peaceful, mindful flow states where they feel better and their heart rate variability is higher and they're more able to adapt to stress, recover, and perform better. 
And it turns out that there were some really significant commonalities when you, turns out when you do biofeedback um, or med, which is when you, are you familiar with biofeedback? Mm -hmm. I am, but if you just explain it to listeners, you might not know what it is. Sure. So biofeedback is a lot of the origin of where this work comes from, which is that um, it's an old technique that was invented in the 60s or so. Uh, and it's where you are connect. You sit in front of a screen that has your heart rate and your breathing rate on it. And your heart rate is measured by an EKG machine. And your breathing rate is measured by a respiratory band separately from the EKG. And then you see the two patterns on the screen going by. And what you're instructed to do is help make the patterns, uh, is do whatever you need to do to make the patterns ma match or fit each other. And what happens is within about 90 seconds, over 95% of people will naturally sync the two patterns. And what they start to sync the two patterns to is about six breaths per minute. And about six breaths per minute, it turns out, is when they say that they start to feel better. It's when they say that their symptoms start to get better, um, particularly mental health symptoms, and like anxiety and mood uh, and things like that, energy, uh, fatigue. And it's also when their art, uh, heart rate variability starts to go up significantly. And so um, what we found was that that's exactly the same pattern for the most part that exists when you start to do deep breathing and get the same effects or when you start to do mindfulness meditation and get the same effects or yoga or float tanks or any of these things. And so we ended up taking what we learned from the neuroscience of music and how music affects the body and changes the body and also from the neuroscience of how touch activates the touch receptor system to provide safety signals to the body. And then combine that with what we learned from the biofeedback literature and the meditation literature about the common frequencies that the body gets into when we feel the best and when we're in what we call flow states, uh, peak performance states. And we basically tried to replicate flow and peak performance states by stimulating the body through the skin um, using what we, you know, what at the time was basically music that was composed not for your ears, but for your, for your body, for your skin at lower frequencies that you can't hear. And we started playing with a ton of frequencies. Um, and ultimately what we found is that when we layered frequencies in these very specific ways together, that they formed patterns that created what appeared to be a resonance with the, with the human body's nervous system that changed the breathing pattern, changed the heart rate and increased heart rate variability specifically under stress. And that the more stressed out you are, when you feel these specific frequencies, then the more your heart rate variability goes up, the more your performance goes up under stress and the calmer you feel. And we explored this in 2017 in a double-blind, randomized, placebo-controlled crossover clinical trial at the University of Pittsburgh in healthy subjects. Um, and we showed that, indeed, when people had no idea what frequencies they were being exposed to, um, only the Apollo frequencies increased heart rate variability significantly. And, increased, and then their performance on the t stressful task that we gave them increased directly proportioned how much their heart rate variability increased. And, so, and, and also that correlated with how calm they felt. So they, the more their heart rate variability went up and the better they performed, the more calm they said they felt afterwards, and the more their galvanic skin response or their sweat went down, which is a sign of uh, sympathetic tone, sympathetic nervous system activity. And so that painted this picture of uh, effectively inducing balance in the nervous system directly correlates with how you say you feel and your performance, which actually has never been shown before, um, that these are so tightly connected, the, you know, these mind and body metrics. Um, with performance and mood. And um, ultimately, what was also very interesting from that was that it looked like we were inducing flow states because the only thing that increases performance on the task that we chose, which is a very difficult task, but it's to improve performance on it, it's very well validated in the literature. Um, it's called the PaySat task, and NASA gives it to astronauts before they go into space to test their response to frustration. You have to add single-digit numbers every two seconds. You hear another single-digit number, one, four, seven and you have to add the last two you hear every two seconds yeah. for three minutes straight in 12 sessions and it is incredibly frustrating and by about a minute to a minute and a half in even if you're good at math you want to give up because you just can't go on anymore and you're so bored or distracted and so what's really fascinating about what apollo is doing is that as the apollo frequencies hit the user within three minutes we see these heart rate variability boosts and we see that the, uh, that the brain activity, how much work they're putting into the task, which we actually measured through EEG brainwave patterns and pupillometry, um, looking at how much the eyes move and dilate, which is a great sign of how much work your brain is doing, they become linear or directly proportionate to your performance outcomes. So when you're frustrated 
and you try harder, your performance actually goes down because you're out, you're outsourcing resources to manage stress, to deal with boredom and frustration. And the more you try, the more frustrated you get. Which is the definition of futility. Right. And so what Apollo is doing is what flow states do, which is they reverse that response completely. As you apply the frequency, you increase balance in the nervous system. And the more work you put in, you get a proportionate amount of performance outcome up to, in our study, 25% better. That's saying that if you were to take a test and you put more work in with Apollo, you were trying harder, that you could get up to 25% more questions right at the end just from having a balanced nervous system. Wow. Because, <laughs> uh, again, and with, with these uh, subjects in your study then, this is only short-term too. This is not taking months of training to get to this stage, is it? No. This, this is within three minutes. Yeah, this was a three, was a three minute task. And uh, the reason we did this was because we're a data driven group. Um, and so we wanted to, we had experienced, you know, testing in the very early stages that the technology was working, but we wanted to show for ourselves in, uh, in a rigorous trial that it was affecting other people in the same way that we were perceived. We didn't want it to be too good. You know, we just believe it because we built it. Um, and so we put it on these subjects who were blinded from what the frequencies were supposed to do. And the researcher that was running the subjects didn't know what frequencies they were getting. And we gave them this uh, with a control, which was a no vibration, and then two active controls. And what happened with the active controls and in the no vibration condition, the active controls are like a slow tapping that's supposed to relax you and a sound like a cell phone buzz we thought might make you more alert. In all those cases, the body responded to stress just as you thought it would. Basically, people looked stressed out, their physiology, their bodies were stressed out, and, and they said they felt stressed out, and then their performance tanked, and we've all been there. Right, like, uh, what was the last number? Oh, did I turn off the stove? Like, we've all been there. And, uh, you know, what we found with the Apollo frequencies is that people's parasympathetic activity went up, right? So their heart rate variability goes up. They say they feel calmer. They're sweating less. So their bodies are showing they're calmer. And then their performance goes way up. Well, I mean, that makes sense. If you feel calm and you're doing something and you're folk, and he's talking about effort, if you're focused on something, all that means is focus. It means the amount of effort that you're doing in your brain is all focused on the thing that you intend to put it on. Right. As opposed to, I'm really trying, but I'm also distracted or really bored or annoyed or whatever it is over here, is taking up a bunch of extra effort of your brain. And so you're not fully in what you're doing. You're not in flow. You're not present with what you're doing. And therefore, you don't do as well. But this was just the first study. We've done many subsequent studies. So that included an augmented meditation study that we did where we paired non-meditators against very experienced meditators and looked at the brainwaves of the non-meditators when they use the Apollo. And we found that we could make Apollo uh, people who had never really meditated brainwaves look like uh, meditators' brains very rapidly within about 12 minutes. And those are preliminary results. We're doing the full analysis now. And we've also found in athletes, you know, physical stress and mental stress are connected. It's all stress in the body. And so in athletes, we've seen that we can improve heart rate variability and their ability to recover more quickly in between sets. And so, they, so, so they have sustained peak performance every time they do a set of, of reps, they actually can do the same or more than they did before rather than decreasing right. over so, time because they're recovering more quickly. And so it's very important for us um, that you don't just build something and put it out there and see what happens. So we did a lot of testing before we built this. Um, and so in addition to all the clinicals that we've been running, we clinical trials we've been running, we've also put this on about 2000 beta testers. And the really cool thing for me, my background is, is how to get technologies out of a lab and into the real world. So for me, the real world matters a lot more than any clinical trial would. Uh, and when we put it on people in the real world, we start to see the same results. Um, and that's how we've been seeing HRV over time. Uh, improve is that we've had about 500 people using it for six months to a year. Uh, and we collect the, the subjective reports about how they feel. And then we, they also send us their data that they collect on themselves. And what's interesting is that people who, whether they've been using like an Apple watch or an Oura ring or any of these other technologies that track uh, HRV in their sleep is that we're starting to see consistent results that people are sleeping. They're going to sleep faster. Their HRV is going up. And generally they say they feel better. Um, and that's been really cool. And then we also just did a recent pilot with nurses where we just did an open label trial. Nurses are very stressed out. They have really hard jobs. Uh, and we found uh, over a 40% reduction in their stress scores. 
within just two weeks within two weeks of use, weeks of use. um that was like off a questionnaire of how stressed out they felt which you know they were very stressed out um and they said they felt a lot better and that their sleep was getting better and so all about all of this is saying is you know apollo is a tool and that tool works naturally with your body right we have this power in ourselves, right? We can do it through breathing. We can do it through biofeedback. We can do it through other sensory stimulation. There's all sorts of ways to bring your body back into your ba- into balance. The thing that's really nice about Apollo is that because it uses touch, you can use it in your day-to-day life when you need it. And you don't have to step away from your life, right? You don't have to like leave and go to a quiet space and have an immersive experience or drive someplace and put yourself in a float tank. You can use this on a plane. You can use this in bed. You can use this when you're driving the car. You can use this whenever. And that was really the point for us was to help people in the moment that they really need a reset. And it's not magic. When you help the body feel calmer, it's really you. As soon as you feel calmer, then you have more control, Mm -hmm. right? You have better ability to focus. You have better ability to calm your mind down to go to sleep because your body is not in this stress cycle. And just that moment of reprieve really can be uh, really beneficial for people over time to be able to integrate something into their life that just helps them reset when they need it. Um, And that was really our goal and our purpose was to help people take control uh, of their stress and and to also take control of how they're relating to the world and and how they feel without drugs. Yeah, and exactly. That's what happens is um, I guess we could say caffeine is a drug or something else just to get you into a different state and then there's other options in this world too um but take less caffeine like they drink less coffee when they use apollo Mm -hmm. and they they also drink less alcohol because if you think about it you drink that coffee at three o'clock in the afternoon now you're amped up you can't go to bed then you have more alcohol than you normally would and then you wake up in the middle of the night because now you're having a cortisol spike and so it helps regulate your energy without having to take things in. Yeah, an interesting statistic for your audience would be that, uh, you told me this actually, that um, roughly 80% of people who take a stimulant in the morning to wake up take a sedative at night to fall asleep. And that's a, that's a pretty surprising number. You know, you'd think that if you just take a stimulant in the morning, you wouldn't necessarily need to feel like you need to drink something or take a pill at night to fall asleep. But it turns out it's about 80% of people are, t- are doing both, not just one. So it's, we're using medicine to effectively re-regulate our circadian rhythms to match our work schedule, not matching our work schedule to our rhythm. Mm, uppers and downers. So yeah, having to artificially... Um, <laughs> we're all on it, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that science you shared there too is, I think it, if anyone listen, listening to this, um, I hope they're getting excited like I do too, because just to think again, what you said there, within three minutes, you're already getting a cognitive, a brain function change. And I love that meditation part that within 12 minutes, your brainwave could look like you've been your, your meditator. So someone who, again, what we talked about in that earlier case where you think, oh man, I've got to try and meditate, but I'm being so angry at myself because I don't think I can meditate. You at least this, uh, using the vibration on your skin here with the Apollo actually can put you into that thing. And I guess if you want to then really benefit from meditation and the, the scene and everything about it, you're going to have that resilience, that ability, that energy, that brain energy to not attack yourself and actually enjoy the moment then. Right. Just be present with yourself. Yeah. So let's talk about the device itself. So we talked a lot about the benefits, the science and that, but the practical use, you mentioned Catherine, how we could use it in multiple situations. Again, I think that's the most practical bit about this because different situations will stress us out differently. Um, as you said, wherever you happen to be, but when I met you, both in London, uh, you don't have to just wear it on your wrist. You can wear it on other places. And you mentioned, Dave, that there's a there's a better place maybe to try wear this. I personally prefer the ankle. I mean, I think the audiences that we have, our testers, are split right now. A lot yeah, we of people have team love... wrist, team ankle. Yeah, I think the the ankle personally, I think is more effective because it is a much more central feeling very quickly. The frequencies we use are very low and they seem to transmit better through denser material. Your bones or your leg are some of the densest in your body. And so I think most people typically feel a much stronger, um, quicker onset and more powerful effect when they wear it on the ankle. Um, but it turns out that from our lab studies, the frequencies work anywhere on the body pretty much. Um, it's really because it's going through your, your touch receptor system. 
And so your touch receptors are literally on your whole body. It's the only thing that differs between, for example, your ankle and your wrist and your back and your neck and your head is the density of those receptors. So if you're wearing it on your back, for instance, which feels really, really nice, you just sometimes need to turn up the intensity so that it gets to a level where you can feel it and get the effect, but you still can get the same effect, um, which creates a lot of nice applications that way. Mm -hmm. And then... Um how often would someone need to use this? Is it just once in a day? Um, would it be at multiple times during the day? Um, how, what, how would someone apply this to their lives? Well, it's really unique to the person. So the, the way that, so the device is controlled by an app and the Apollo mobile app is all goal-based. So for instance, I want to feel clear and focused or I want to get sleep or I want to have more energy. And you click on the programs and how long they, you want them to last um, to all kind of align with your, if your users can see my screen. I can also send you guys yeah, we'll some pictures you. so that- Yeah, the not, YouTube watchers can see that part. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's all goal-based. And so we see the effect happen in the clinic very quickly, right? A uh, couple minutes, you get the effect. And so it has worked, right? Theoretically, you could wear it for five minutes and then be one and done. Um, but we find that a lot of people enjoy the sensation and there's no harm in continuing to use it because it's really gentle, low level vibration, uh, can't really hurt you. Uh, and so we'll see people use it for on average, like a, like an hour a day, uh, sometimes two hours a day, and they'll use it throughout the day for different things, right? So they'll use it in the morning, help them wake up before they go to the gym or before they're going to, you know, on their way to work. Um, just kind of, you know, jazz themselves up a little bit. And then we'll see people use it again um, in the afternoon, either to manage stress or to get more energy when they're trying to like, sometimes people end up in the slump in the late afternoon. And we'll see people use it in the evening um, to help them go to sleep. Uh, and so the usage has been on average like that, but then you have, you know, various cases, there are people that use it a lot. And then there are people who use it very specifically. And the other thing I'd say is that as we see long-term users, like over a period of six months is they'll use it a lot, a lot, a lot in the very beginning. And that's really helping them reset their body back into a balanced state. And then their use starts to get much more intentional where they're using it specifically for a goal. Like I have a business meeting that's really going to bother me. I'm going to use this during it, or I have to give a talk and I'm not really comfortable giving talks. I'm going to use it. Or they'll use it, for instance, a lot of people who travel a lot, uh, jet lag jet lag so they'll use it on the plane to go to sleep and they'll use it when they get off the plane to wake back up uh and not have to drink a bunch of coffee which is going to kind of mess them up when they're trying to go back to sleep on that new time zone and so and people from little kids all the way to older people use this and so it really depends on that person's lifestyle and what they're what they're going for and what they need yeah and i mean that makes complete sense too that you you're when you initially get the device if you're trying to regulate your nervous system, which is fried, you're going to want to train it more to have more application of the device potentially to help you find that place. But as you get more resilience and better at self-control, you may not rely on the, the device as much in the future. Right. And then the you other part, a, a, it's a learning effect, right? It's a learning effect. So it's a learning effect for you about yourself, but it's also a learning effect in your body. So as you practice meditation or as you practice mindfulness, it's easier to get into that state. And partly that's top down, you're teaching yourself, but partly it's bottom up. Your body remembers that state. So if you, for instance, if you practice being stressed out all the time, really good at being stressed out. Yeah. If you practice being calm and mindful, the more and more you do that, the easier it is for you to get into that state, the easier it is for you to regulate your emotions and your physical response to stress. Apollo works in the same way. It's just working from your sense of touch. Mm -hmm. And so as people use it, that's why we're seeing HRV go up over time. As people use it, their body is learning to be in a calmer state. Um, and that's, you know, the real, our real goal. Um, the other part of this that we haven't really talked about is the software that we are building is using AI to learn about users and how they use it so that the software can grow with the user over time. So for instance, if you're someone that uses it specifically for athletics or you use it more for meditation, we'll begin to learn how you use the device and start curating the content and curating the program specifically for you. Um, and that's really our long-term, uh, our longer-term goal for the, for the software. And are the wavelengths different for the different applications? So when like 
trying to have someone relax versus an athlete trying to help them recover quicker. Because you said there were different um, choices on the app itself. Is it, does it mean there's different wavelengths involved then? Yeah, so the waves are designed for, and Dave was talking about this, but the waves are designed for how your body, the natural state that your body is in, in those different states, right? So waking up are generally a little bit faster and higher than going to sleep. And if you think about that intuitively from music, you don't generally listen to really calm, soothing music when you want to like go to a workout. <laughs> or So if you think about this intuitively, uh, slower, uh, slower frequencies are generally more relaxing um, and higher, quicker uh, frequencies are generally more energizing. Um, and so the programs are designed to replicate what's happening in the body um, when you're really awake or when you're trying to unwind to go to sleep. And with the, with where it is at the moment, um, does it, re- it still requires the user's input. It's not that someone could just wear it and the app intelligently will kick on at seven o'clock in the morning to wake you up or kick on when it sees your heart rates so racing. We're getting there. Yeah. That's the thing. The first thing that we're building is sleep detection. So it's like you wake up in the middle of the night, being able to get you back to sleep. Um, so we're building in the closed loop, but right now it's goal-based so people can use it and they can also schedule. So for instance, if you know that you want to go to sleep at like 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, whatever it may be, you can schedule Apollo to turn on automatically at that time. Uh, and you can also schedule it to wake you up in the morning. So if you want to unwind and then wake back up, um, it's a tool that you can you can schedule for this very these various times in your life where you're going to regularly want to use the device. That would be fascinating to wake up to that vibration. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you Instead mean, of an alarm clock. Yeah, you mean to open your eyes in bed and not feel stressed out and just be ready to go for the day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be be, be lovely. Um, so. Also, the one question I had with you when I spoke with you in London, and some listeners are going to be listening, wanting to know is, so the connection between your phone and the device is, of course, Bluetooth, and you can put this in airplane mode. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You can put it in air, airplane mode, and we've been very careful about, uh, about too much e- EMF. Yeah, I think, you know, this is something that was a concern for us also because we work with a lot of organizations that are very sensitive to this kind of thing. Uh, and, you know, we, we also want to make sure that we're not causing excess energy usage uh, for battery use reasons and that kind of thing. So the, it's completely signaled on Bluetooth low energy. And so the way we've designed it is that the phone serves as a data tracking system and as a remote control for the mobile app or sorry, for the um, for the device, the mobile wearable. Um, and then the Apollo wearable has almost everything that it needs in it in terms of the software. So it has its own set of software in the firmware on that device. And that device is capable of functioning almost entirely independently from the phone. And so the nice part about that is that unless you're tracking your data actively or unless you're changing settings or doing something on your phone that's talking to requires talking to the device, you actually don't need to have Bluetooth signals sent out and they aren't. Um, the only time the Bluetooth is actually advertised or sent out or active is when you're doing that kind of work and all the rest of the time it's literally just a sound signal generator that provides the signals directly to your body um, at a very safe even when even when it's not in airplane mode it is not signaling and communicating with your phone unless you're actively doing something right a data transfer or program selection and we did that uh intentionally to keep down exposure um and we also did that uh, intentionally to keep uh to keep the battery life as long as it is. So the battery life uh, on average on the device is three days. And there's some people reporting that they get up to five days depending on their use. Um, and so battery life was really important to us. Um, and, and data security is really important to us. The other part that Dave's talking about with all the data is that only your personal data is stored on the device itself, which is bonded to your phone. And so only anonymized data is used to help in the algorithms in the app. So if you ever lose your device or whatever, you lose your phone, whatever it is, you can unbond them and all of your data is secure on the device itself. And the other key parts about this is we built the device to, in the United States to um, the specifications needed for FDA clearance. 
Um, it, and we've also done all the biocompatibility testing on the device to make sure that it um, is going to work with all skin types um, for the average amount of use. And then the data, uh, all of our staff are being trained to what's called HIPAA compliance. Uh, and the data is being built in a HIPAA compliant system, uh, which is the US standard for uh, data privacy for healthcare data. Um, so we went a, a little bit above and beyond, <laughs> but we think that's important. Uh, you know, I think that's very important, particularly for the, you know, for something that could be uh, a therapy in the future. Yeah, and I like it again that you've had all of this foresight, you know, and, and you told me how hard it is. You as a as a company, you have to already think about this before you design the device to be able to even have something as simple as airplane mode. Consumers just think it should just happen, but you as you told me, it can't just happen. You have to have already pre-thought about it. It's yeah. not easy just to make it happen on a device. And that's why we did so much testing with so many people was to see how people would use it, what frequencies they liked they like best and were the most effective for them what things they care about what they cared about from the device itself what they care about in terms of data um what they care about like airplane mode was something that people started telling me we really want airplane mode I'm like all right let's build it in um and so we spent a lot of time listening to our early users um, to develop the product hmm, fantastic so we've been speaking for nearly an hour there i see so our time is coming up but um if anyone wants to follow uh the the journey of apollo um, or even can they get the device? Do you want to share some of those details with listeners? Sure. So you can find more about us at apolloneuro.com. And that's A-P-O-L-L-O-N-E-U-R-O.com. Um, and we have opened up a pre-order. Um, it's kind of a VIP pre-order. We have a limited supply for our first batch. Um, but you can pre-order it uh, online now um, at that website. And um, one key thing to know about what we're offering is that we're offering a app subscription. So when you subscribe to Apollo, you get the device for free. Uh, and so the point for us is that um, this is really an app experience and a therapy experience um, with the device itself uh, coming from the software and software improves over time. Um, and so we don't really care about selling you a widget. <laughs> So, uh, you know, so when you when you go online, you can subscribe to the app. And for people who come in on the pre-order, we did an annual subscription and we knocked it down 45 percent. Um, it's normally 30 bucks a month, but we knocked it down um, to one hundred ninety nine dollars for a whole year um, with the device for free. OK. And so just I know the question is probably going to come up from some people, but if they pay for the first year and they don't end up renewing the subscription, the device just won't work. Yeah, the device won't work, but the thing that we're trying to do is make sure that we can bring the app subscription down to being pretty inexpensive uh, so that it can be more in line of what you pay for a meditation app. And that's our mm -hmm. goal. As okay. we yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking $200 at the moment for an entire year versus buying certain nootropics or other supplements or something. This is the choice that maybe some people could do here. So yeah, outside of just investing in their health. Yeah, I mean, when you consider the amount that people spend on other things like coffee, some people spend that much on coffee in a month, you know, <laughs> that's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I'm definitely excited. I'm going to be getting one. Um, I, I got to have a little taste of it, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed my 15 minutes of uh, Apollo vibrations on my ankle at that time. Um, so I'm looking forward to testing out more myself. But I just want to say thank you to both of you um, for coming on. I really enjoyed that conversation. I was enlightened even more than what I knew from our first meeting and hopefully a lot of listeners too. So again, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you for having us. I really appreciate it, Gary.